the annual threat assessment of the US intelligence community is out. This comes out once a year. This is a presentation they have to make to the US Congress as per their laws. This, by the way, is the unclassified version. So the classified version will have a lot more juice. Obviously, we don't have access to it. Now, this has said many interesting things. A lot of this is not so new. That's the reason while we had done an episode of Cut the Clutter on the annual US intelligence community threat assessment in 2021, we skipped it to in 2022 because it did seem like there was quite a bit of the same. This year, however, there are some differences. And I know that your TV channels, otherwise Indian media organizations, India, Indian media platforms, they focused on the two paras because it is towards the last part of the 40-page report that it talks about India-Pakistan, India-China. And that is, that is in the context of regional conflicts, interstate conflicts in some regions, right? And each one is about a para and each one says usual stuff. Now, TV channels, a lot of the other websites, they've latched on to what they've said about the possibility of a conflict getting escalated between India and Pakistan in case of a terror attack from Pakistan because Narendra Modi-led government is more likely to retaliate militarily for something like that. Now, it's not for me. Katta Clutter is not to give you a summary of what has happened. I have to look for nuances and complexities and explain these to you. If I look at, there's nothing, there's no complexity, no nuance in what they say about India and China. They say situation is fraught on the frontier and this can sometimes go out of control as it happened two years ago. But with Pakistan, I, I note a line that is interesting. And I will read the full sentence for you and you can figure out what I think is an important nuance. It is, and I quote, However, Pakistan has a long history of supporting anti-India militant groups and under the leadership of PM Narendra Modi, Prime Minister Narendra Modi, India is more likely than in the past to respond with military force to perceived or real Pakistani provocation. So now second part is what everybody's got focused on. I think the first part is more important because in this case, unqualifiedly, there are no qualifications, there are no root causes theory, nothing. There's a clear statement, there's a clear statement that Pakistan has a long history of supporting anti-India militant groups, right? No, on the one hand, on the other hand. That is important and I would note that. That said, that is not the nub of the report. The report, the burden of the report is China. It's not even Russia, it's not the rest of the world, it is China. And what the report tells us and the reason we are revisiting this report after a year's break is that this report tells us that all this deb debate about whether a new Cold War is about to start or will start or how to avoid a new Cold War, etc., all that is now futile. That a new Cold War has now started. And the reason we say Cold War has broken out is because Cold War, it does not mean a Cold War breaks out when the two countries see each other as military rivals and start thinking about each other's military force in terms of bin counting, so many tanks, so many missiles, so many guns and all that. That the Americans are doing about Russia also in this report. They are saying, for example, that Russia has the largest nuclear arsenal in the world. But a Cold War is more comprehensive. More comprehensive in the sense that it is not confined to military or weaponry. In fact, even more important is the issues of economics, technology, espionage, cyber capability, rare, rare earths or what is called as rare materials also, 
semiconductors and foreign aid and the use of foreign aid to further foreign policy interests. When one big power starts looking at the other big power like that, when the superpower of the world, that's America, starts looking at the deputy superpower of the world like that, that is when you can, you can arrive at only one conclusion, that a Cold War, a new Cold War has well and truly begun. Have no doubts about it. Now look at some of the details that come out here. The Americans, for example, uh, American intelligence community, they've given the longest, longest description or the, or the most length or the most wordage in this particularly not very long report. 40 pages in big type is not such a long report, a big type with lots of space. But they say, for example, that the Chinese, Chinese have some problems. The Chinese have some internal threats, not security threats, but economic threats, right? Once again, the focus is on the economy. The Chinese have an aging population. Yes, so does America, but not as bad as China's because America also allows a lot of immigration. Also, America's birth rates are today one and a half times still as high as China's. So America is 1.6, 1.7. China is now 1.1 and maybe even lower than that, right? So China is aging population, China has high corporate debt. In fact, China has very high national debt because they have driven their growth through debt and also by building a lot of infrastructure, building a lot of housing, real estate for which there are no buyers. You keep seeing these pictures of demolition of large Chinese buildings. That is real estate that they built to drive up economic growth, but which nobody has the appetite for buying. It also has economic inequality. Also, China has China has problems with BRI. We have talked about this in the past in Cut the Clutter, that a lot of their loans have gone bad and a lot of the borrowing countries are complaining about it. Yet, Xi Jinping has come up with new ideas. This report notes that Xi Jinping has come up with new ideas. Obviously, there is an acknowledgement on his part that BRI is trouble. So, he's come up with new innovative ideas, the Global Development Initiative, global security initiative. So what they are doing is they are reaching out to a lot of the world in to try and build some kind of a counter to what they seen as as the universe of America and its allies. Where India features in that, that's a debatable issue. But that we'll talk about at a, on a future occasion. Maybe, maybe that might also be this week's national interest if some thoughts fall into place in my head. Now, what is it that the American intelligence community is worried about? They are saying China will use this economic might, this ability to spread aid, this ability to influence so many countries, to alter international norms, to favor state sovereignty and political stability over individual rights, right? So this is the US intelligence community, community taking you right back to the world of the first Cold War, which is to say that one world is the free world, the other world is the autocratic world. So they are, they are using the same rhetoric, the same language. Once again, evidence that a cold, new Cold War is now on. Then it says that there's been public criticism of sustainability of BRI, right? So the Chinese are now trying to counter that by coming up with new ideas like cooperation in clean energy, electric vehicles, climate change. So the Chinese are worried that a lot of the lending they have done for BRI. So in fact, because this intelligence community assessment talks so much about BRI and Chinese aid or Chinese debt, I also refer you to another very interesting report that's come out. And I, I will share a link of that also with you, along with the link of the US intelligence community assessment. And this is a report titled the United States, China and the 
quote unquote new non-aligned countries. Who are these new non-aligned countries? These are the countries that the Chinese are now reaching out to with their money to say that look we are also there and these are the country or countries also that Russia then then tries to influence in cahoots with China. We saw a bit of that play out in Delhi during Raisina dialogue when Russian Foreign Minister Lavrov publicly publicly admonished, not directly, but sort of indirectly, but the message wasn't lost on anybody, admon admonishing India. That is how the Chinese are working. So this report, the Brookings report, has been done by Madhya Afsal, who is a Pakistani scholar, Bruce Rydell, who is a very well-known uh, Washington-based scholar, a former intelligence analyst, official, really smart man, author, commentator, academic of course, and Nathan Sachs. In fact, this report tells us a basic difference between how the Chinese approach the aid slash debt business and the Americans do. And the report says that for the Chinese, if they give $10 to any country, one goes as aid, nine goes as debt. For the Americans, if they give $10 to a country, nine goes as aid, one goes as debt. The difference, however, is the Chinese get in there much faster. American processes take very long. And also, while the Americans might be giving more money for humanitarian projects, research, education, stuff like that, the Chinese give money to hard infrastructure, which is very visible. Now, two things happen. One, that infrastructure becomes very visible. Second, that becomes the collateral for the Chinese. So if you cannot repay their loan, they keep that, they possess that infrastructure. That is what happened with Sri Lanka and Amman Tota. And that's the prospect the Pakistanis are looking at, lo looking at in Gwadar as well. Now, the other thing that's worrying the American intelligence community about China, again in the Cold War perspective, is China's rising diplomatic, defense, economic and technology cooperation with the Russians. Once again, I pick up more data. The Chinese customs data came out yesterday and it's very important. It's very interesting. And I pick up this trade data, the Chinese customs department data from the Twitter handle of Alexander Gabuev who points out that while the Chinese may not have yet started giving any weapons or lethal equipment to the Russians, but look at the way they are helping the Russians with trade. And the trade data is what he gives for us. This data, by the way, is not in English. It's in Chinese. But this data tells us that January, February, China-Russia trade has gone up by almost 26%, that is 25.9%, to about $36 billion. Russian exports to China have gone up by about 31%. Chinese exports to Russia have gone up, gone up about 19.8%, so say 20%, which means the Russians are exporting a lot more to China than they've done historically. And again, if you see, again, if you see, China's overall trade actually is down 8.6% because Chinese economy is growing down. So at that point, the Chinese trade with Russia has gone up by nearly 26%. So China has become the sustaining power to Russia right now, which obviously from America is an active rival at the moment. Once again, if you look at data for 2022, the trade between China and Russia has gone up across the year by 29.3%. Once again, Russia's exports to China, obviously a lot of it will be oil and gas. Those have gone up a great deal, but that money is coming into Russia. So the China-Russia link has is now becoming stronger and stronger. Then the American report also look at the bases the Chinese are building. They are saying, they are saying the base in Djibouti has come up very well. They are strengthening it. Also, they are working on establishing bases in Cambodia, 
Equatorial Guinea, UAE, so on and so forth. And further they say that the Chinese seem to have concluded that their weapons of mass destruction capability is not yet matching America. So they are doubling up on producing more nuclear weapons and also more missiles. And they believe, they believe that in space they should be able to match America by 2045. Now, that to me is more routine stuff. More interesting stuff is when it comes to critical technology and critical materials and semiconductors. The word semiconductors pops up again and again and again because the US intelligence report says the Chinese really want to be able to control global supply chains in these critical materials. So they say they now have missions and that is something that came out in Xi Jinping's latest diktats also, which were mostly focused on financial, tech and science sector in China. He just made a speech the other day and announced his new decisions, also putting a lot of this under CCP's Chinese Communist Party's direct control. And this is in the area of, and I read from the report, semiconductors, critical minerals, batteries, solar panels, pharmaceuticals. These are areas in which the Chinese already dominate the global supply chains. 11% of global semiconductors, for example, this report says, were made in China in 2019. By 2025, that is just about two years from now, maybe a bit less than two years from now, this is bound to go up to 18%, which means, which means almost one in five of semiconductors sold in the world would have come from the Chinese. And the Chinese have now realized, the report says, that export controls are coming up from the Americans and the rest from the Western world. So, so they may not be able to produce very sophisticated semiconductors, but they are now focusing, report says, on the lower level of the capability at the commodity level chip technologies. So they become the dominant power in the world because not everybody, not every function, not every company, not every product needs the cutting edge semiconductors. So the Chinese, they say, are now focusing very strongly and investing not just in China, but also in many other countries, particularly in Africa, on mining and processing of strategic minerals. And also they are looking for non-Chinese alternatives because they are planning for a situation where more export bans may come in. At the same time, the Chinese already, and this is not something I knew, I knew that Chinese control these areas very strongly, but I didn't know that they control 65%. That is 65% of the lithium-ion batteries market. Further, 40% of the active pharmaceutical inputs market, that means 40% of the drugs made in the world which needs these APIs, they have to depend on the Chinese. 80% of the solar panels, right? right? The whole world is trying to fight climate change. 80% of the solar panels come from China. And again, this US intelligence community report says that this is likely to rise to 95% sooner than we imagine. And in addition to all this is also this rising cyber espionage threat. So as I conclude on this, let me also share with you a story that just came out in the New York Times. It's a long story on how a GE engineer was trapped by the Chinese intelligence into getting some tech secrets out of him and how one mistake by him, that is leaving some files undeleted when he had gone to a Chinese university to speak and those files had GE markings, that led to his being caught and this racket being busted and how this underlines the threat of Chinese industrial espionage. Espionage into sensitive industrial slash military slash dual use technology from the western world so see that article also now this is not to endorse anything or this is not to contradict or support anything 
But this is to give you the facts and analysis because we have this 40 page document with us and it's a very important document. And from the last one that we saw two years ago, this has some changes and the biggest change is that now there is zero hesitation about indicating that a cold war is on with China right now. In fact, while the intelligence agencies in the US have generally been shy of saying that the virus came out of a lab in China, now this report says that intelligence agencies, this is the entire intelligence community, 18 agencies in America, they all agree that the first spread of COVID took place no later than November. November 2019. That's almost a month before the first patient officially surfaced. So what does it mean? It means that they are taking you halfway to the idea that this virus escaped from a lab and the Chinese didn't tell the world about it.